Hey there, Purpose Warriors. Welcome to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. This is Dr. Brunel from drbrunel.com, where we believe that every season in your life serves a greater purpose. If you're new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community of purpose warriors who believe that God's best version of ourselves is hidden on the inside of us, just waiting to be awakened as we grow in our relationship and continue to say yes to what God has called us to do in the earth. We know that God's purpose for our lives was preordained and the reason why he created us. So every other week, this podcast seeks to explore how to awaken to your purpose from a practical standpoint and become God's best version of you. And we do this by touching upon our five pillars of purpose, faith, relationship, identity, resiliency, and stewardship. If you want to know more about our five pillars of purpose, head over to my website at www.drvernell.com backslash podcast. So before we dive in, I need to share with you that this podcast is being brought to you by my new book, From Pain to Purpose, where I share actionable steps, biblical principles, and life lessons on how I discovered my purpose after a painful and unexpected divorce and was left to raise two children with more than a million dollars of debt, zero access, and a negative network. My book is available on my website, again, at www.drbrunel.com, also on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever books are sold. So if you want to learn more about how to release limiting beliefs, overcome financial difficulties, experience radical breakthroughs, and step courageously into your purpose, then grab your copy today. And remember that God can use whatever unfair or unjust act, any rejection or hurtful experience, and transform your pain into your purpose. So let's jump right in. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are tuning in. Today, I have a phenomenal person on the Awaken to Purpose podcast. I have Nicole Rohn, who is the CEO of Flourishing LLC, the host of the Flow and Flourish podcast, as well as a transformational speaker and capacity coach, which she's going to tell us a little bit more about. And she helps women create balance between their personal and professional lives while prioritizing self-care. This wife and mother of two has steadily and successfully climbed the corporate ladder by supporting thousands of employees globally for over a decade. And because of her 20 years of corporate experience, Nicole understands the unique challenges of busy, high-performing women and how a lack of fluidity between the world of home and work can create a barrier between them and their next level. So here it is. As a capacity coach, Nicole's program, which is the Art of Flow, is a force that she teaches to female power players, helping them to find a rhythm between their personal and professional lives in order to increase their capacity and propel them into greater levels of desired success. Her mantra is, when you flow effortlessly, you flourish tremendously. I love it. I love it. I love it. Welcome, Nicole, to the Awakening hey. Purpose Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's just, it's so amazing to sit back and hear all the things about yourself. I'm like, wow, I did do that. I did do that. <laughs> so no, thank you. That's crazy where you, you hear somebody introduce you and you're like, who are you talking about? You're talking about yeah. me. <laughs> Listen, yeah. And it's funny because something that I'm actually working on is a master training on imposter syndrome and how to really manage through that. And so sometimes when you hear 
all of these great things that are being said about you, like you said, it's like, is that me? Oh, that is me. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. So I wanted to have you on today as a guest to really talk about, so you and I have had conversations um, over the last couple of months about this idea of faith and fear. When God calls you to move in a certain direction, and then I don't know what happens. Either you hesitate, sometimes we linger in the blessing that God has given us, not always fully recognizing that God has a blessing ahead of us. And so we cling on to the old and we're afraid to move forward. So I really want you to share with the audience today the struggle that you've been having and where you are <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would love to. And so As you mentioned, I'm most known for being the host of the Flow and Flourish podcast. I am the CEO of Flourishing LLC and a capacity coach, but that has not always been the case for me. Really, I had my, what I call my come to Jesus moment, probably in January of 2019. It was about 10 days after my 35th birthday. And I ended up needing to go to the emergency room because my body was hurting out of nowhere, like aches, pains. I felt like I was crazy because I had literally just been laying on a beach for a week. So I'm like, I know I ain't worked out too hard. What is going on? But the pain persisted to the point where I remember sitting on the couch. There was a blizzard going on outside. It was a Saturday morning. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm trying to get up and I was in so much pain that I could not get up. So I'm bawling and my daughter comes and she's like, mom, what is going on? I'm like, I can't get up. I just want to go upstairs and lay down in my bed. And her at the time, she was 15. So mind you, she had her permit, not her full driver's license at this time. She's like, you're going to the hospital. I know I'm not supposed to tell you what to do, but you've tried to take Epsom salt baths. You went and gotten a massage and now you can't even get up. Can you please go to the hospital? So I'm like, all right, whatever. I end up going to the hospital. Once I got to the hospital, they ran some routine tests. They asked me what was going on. I said I had pain all over my body. And I felt crazy because I'm like, how do you just have pain everywhere? So I assumed they were just going to send me home. My daughter went home. And the moment that she walked out of the emergency room, they said, we're rushing you to ICU because all of the tests that we ran indicate that there's something major going on. They still wouldn't even tell me what it was at the time. They just said that my CPK levels were elevated. And CPK is the amount of protein that is in your blood. And so come to find out after I got rushed to ICU, the normal CPK level in someone's body is 200. And my levels were at over 200,000. Oh, God, Jesus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ma'am. So... Because of that, my organs were shutting down, my heart was enlarged, and they had to pump liters and liters of fluid through my body in order for me to just be okay. But that also compromised me because your body can only take so much fluid at one time, right? Right, okay. And so I remember the doctor coming in and saying, hey, I've been a doctor for over 30 years. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. It really, from the test, looks as if, number one, either you were in some sort of an earthquake and the concrete smashed you and you had been laying there for days. Like, that's what this level of reading looks like. That, or that you were in a head-on collision going 100 miles an hour. 
Oh. And you, you're telling me you were just laying on a beach. So help me understand what's going on. And she proceeded to tell me that she wasn't sure what was going on in my household or with me mentally and emotionally, but she believed that everything was manifesting itself physically because of the amount of stress that I was under. Even though you were laying on the beach? Even though I was laying on the beach. I was laying on the beach for a week. And so she, with tears in her eyes, said, I know you have two children and I know you don't know me from a can of paint, but whatever it is needs to change because it's killing you. Again, not knowing her from a can of paint, I bawled like a baby in her arms because she had no idea that I was struggling through a separation at the time. I was attempting to divorce my husband. I'd been managing through depression, anxiety, 16 years of chronic migraines with my daughter who had been in and out of school. So just all these pieces of life that were going on that were taking a toll on me. I wasn't dealing with my emotions. I wasn't really able to function at work like I'd been able to in prior years. So all of these different things were impacting me mentally and emotionally, but because I wasn't dealing with them, they were showing up physically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as a result of that, I made a decision and a commitment to God, like we always do, right? God, if you get me out of this, <laughs> I promise I'm going to do right. Yeah. Right? So I prayed and I begged God to allow me to live because I didn't want to leave my children. And after that, there were some tough decisions that I had to make, which included being very, very firm on my decision to separate from my husband. I ended up needing to switch roles in my job because I was commuting two and a half hours one way and that was stressing me out. Oh, yeah. That's and the environment was toxic. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> so it was so much that was happening. But because God gave me the grace to allow me to continue to be here, I promised I would do whatever it was. So from that, now, today, me being in the position that I'm in, I started doing what I'm doing as a capacity coach and really helping women to create the balance between their personal and their professional lives to help them not have to be in that hospital bed on ICU like I was, mm -hmm. right? I know that it's a lot when you are figuring out how to be a mom, if you're a wife, if you are the one who's been most successful in your friend and family group. There's so much pressure that comes with that. And so my goal and my vision that God placed inside of me is to really help guide women through that process, right? When you are on the brink of what feels like disaster and can be disaster, right? Mm -hmm. How to pull yourself out of that. And so that's currently what I'm doing now. And we can talk a little bit more about how I've stepped away from my six-figure cushy job to really pursue this purpose and how scary it is. But I've been talking, so I'll pause. <laughs> no, no. I mean, first of all, I was so drawn into your story. I'm okay if you just kept going. And I'm really curious to know at what point that when you said to God, okay, God, I want to live. I'm not ready to leave this earth. I don't want to leave my kids behind. You were struggling with all these things, which really got you to the point to where you are today and wanting to help other women. I want to know what happened, right? So you prayed to God. What did God say to you? Did he say to release this? Did he say, stay put? Did he say, rest in me? Like there's something that happened in between, you know, you getting to that point of praying to God and you helping other women. Like walk me through all of that too. 
Yes, very good questions. So the first thing that I heard God say is, you've done all you can do, let go. Mm -hmm. And that was specifically pertaining to my marriage because I was battling with my husband being an alcoholic and secretly struggling with that. Nobody knew whatsoever, you know, with him losing jobs, getting DUIs, like all kinds of different things. And so I remember saying, God, you mean let go of him? Like all the way? Are you sure? I don't want to be a single mom, right? I don't want to be embarrassed. That's real talk. talk. It's real talk. You know, I've been not with the alcoholism, but just like putting up with stuff. Yeah. You don't want to be a single parent. And you don't want to have to figure out your life without that person, even though they might be pulling you down spiritually. But yeah, keep going. I love it. Yeah. And that's what it was, right? There was this fear of being a single parent because I was a single parent at first because my husband and I, we were not married when we had our first daughter and we were separated for seven years. And I was a single parent then. So the fears kicked back in. Like I just had this new baby. He's one, maybe two. And here I am at the height of my career. And what do I look like being you know, divorced and a single mom, who's going to help me? And he kept saying, God kept saying, let it go. And so I literally, after hearing that, I remember my husband coming to the hospital and he's like, something's different. What's going on? I'm like, I really don't want to talk. I just want to, you know, let me be in peace in the hospital. The day that I came home, Mind you, I was on bed rest. I still needed help. My mom was far away. Everybody else kind of had their own stuff going on. And I told him, you have to move out. You have two weeks. Mm -hmm. You have to move. And I was scared. I'm like, where's he going to go? What happens if he, you know, hurts himself because I'm being so, you know, strict on him? All these different things that I was telling myself, right? And anybody know that you were going through what you were going through? Because I remember when, I was going through that period of separation. I didn't want anybody to know. Um, oh. I was afraid, but I was also ashamed. I was embarrassed. And so that's another added layer of stress and pressure on you when you're trying to conceal something that is happening. And I know I concealed it even from my parents and from my family members and things like that. The only people who knew, I, I think probably two or three people in my little circle. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you say that because I was extremely embarrassed. I was extremely ashamed. And mind you, I was in the process of switching jobs too, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready to be going through a divorce. I'm looking for a new job. I got this girl who has migraines. Absolutely nobody knew until my husband was in California. So he took himself to rehab. But in the middle of that, as I told him he needed to leave, there was so much that happened in between then as well. I literally had him move out on our seven-year wedding anniversary. Okay. And it was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do in my entire life. And so the very next day, he lost his very good job because he came to work intoxicated. And so he thought for a moment that because of that, maybe I was going to let him back in. So I had to stand firm on my boundaries and my commitment to what God told me to do. He told me to let it go. I let it go. and. By the grace of God, now he has been sober almost two years. So I'm thankful for that. But it was a really hard pill to swallow. And so I had to put those boundaries in place. I had to trust God that he knew what he was doing. 
even when it came down to the job. Because what I didn't mention is that in the process of having him move out, fresh out of the hospital, I was interviewing for the new job so that I could be where I was at. And it was like the coldest day in Illinois in like 300 years or something like that. So it was, listen, I'm talking about negative like 60 degrees. So there was just so much that was going on, but I had to learn how to trust God. And even in the situation that I'm in right now, as I mentioned, I have stepped away from my very cushy HR leadership role, making six figures. And even at that point in the hospital, God told me that I needed to walk away from my job. But I didn't listen. I was like, God, what do you mean walk away? All right, you tell me to walk away from this man already and make me a single mom. And you want me to leave my job? Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, I'm telling you right now, just even hearing it makes me feel uncomfortable. And mm. I think that's one of the things about God is walking with God is not always comfortable. You know, when Jesus said the son of man has no place to, you know, to lay his head. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, okay, follow me, leave all your stuff behind. But when God really says that, let it go, leave it behind. The question is, can you do it? Yes, you can. And then you struggle with obedience. So full obedience versus partial obedience. Mm, and I think, <laughs> I think it sounds like you were at a place where you were doing a little bit of the partial obedience when God called you to, to leave your job. Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> yes, it was definitely partial obedience because I'm like, I'll trust you here, but I'm not going to trust you there. Okay. First right? of all, I'm going to stop you right there because that right <laughs> resonates with me. And it's such real talk because when people say that they trust God, I trust God. But I realized that I trust God in certain areas of my life. Mm. I trust Relational God. trust. Right. You know, Lord, you tell me to pack my stuff and leave. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. Lord, you tell me to forgive somebody, even though they treated me like dirt, I'm going to do it. You want me to be kind to somebody? Okay. You know, I'm going to do it, even though they still, you know, acting a fool. But when God says, can you trust me with the man and, you know, the man that I have for you? And I'm like, Mm, I, yeah, I'm not really comfortable with that because, you know, there's things that I need to do to test to see if this is going to work out for me. <laughs> <laughs> <what> happened was. <laughs> exactly. So just, I mean, just kind of like that real talk and just, you know, hearing you say that, keep going, keep going. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It was like, I was trusting God with my man, but I wasn't trusting him with my money. Mm. And I completely dismissed and forgot that God put me in the position that I was in. So if he got me that one, how come I couldn't trust him to do something else? And it was that fear. And so I hung on for a while, recently until honestly this year. And I've been in the background, you know, kind of working on my business here and there. But then I felt that that tug again come up probably in, in January of 2020. And I heard God saying, you're not going to be at this job long. I know that you just started, you like it, you love what you're doing, but this is not for you. I have something bigger for you. And so as I actually, it happened a little sooner than that. I was, it was September. Mm -hmm. I was on a company trip to Florida for a, um, like a talent acquisition, hiring event, that sort of thing. And while in the hotel room, I promise you, you have you ever heard God and you turn around and you look like, 
Girl, he's what? in the front seat of my car, and I'm like, <laughs> am I hallucinating? <laughs> he's been in my room as I'm thinking something in my head, and I hear this audible voice, and I'm like, who said that? <laughs> so, yes. Listen, not only was I in the hotel room by myself, and I'm trying to think, like, am I just delirious because it was hot and, you know, I'm hungry because it's been a long trip, but God told me that I needed to resign from my job and to create this business to help women. And I'm like, well, help them how? And so I started seeing little signs and things. First, it was like career connections. Like I kept seeing that everywhere. So I thought it was the career connections piece. But as I continued in my role, I realized it was really, it was a connection, but helping women to connect to what's going on on the inside, right? Because it's showing up what's going on in their careers. It's impacting how they're showing up in their careers. And so from that, I started moving and being obedient a lot quicker than I had the previous year. So here we come to August of 2020 and God tells me it's time for me to walk away from my job. And so still partially obedient. I'm part-time, right? (laughs) I said I'm moving faster, but partially obedient. I stepped away and I talked with my husband and I said, listen, I don't even know how to explain this, but God has put this on my heart that this is what I need to be doing. And I cannot do it working in this full-time job. So we need to downsize, which we did in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. From a three bedroom, three bath, three level home to a two bedroom, finished basement, two bathrooms. So a big shift for our whole family dynamic, right? But all on this notion that God told me that I need to step away from what I'm doing. And as the breadwinner, that's super scary, right? Because my husband is a chef. um, But again, I've been in the corporate sector making lots of money. And so it's been scary to say, okay, now you want me to depend on you and him when I'm just learning how to depend on him too. Like, God, come on now. That's so good. That is so good. You know, first of all, I feel like we need to do a part two, part three, part four. Yes. I feel like that you're dropping, particularly in this area of marriage. And sometimes people see the images, they see these pictures and everything looks picture perfect. But sometimes mm-hmm. it seems uh, life is not perfect. And when God is in the midst of it and all hell that's breaking loose in your marriage, literally. And then God is calling you to do something that seems contrary to what you would normally do. You're like, what am I supposed to do? And so I hear that. And I even wonder with myself, like, Lord, would I, <laughs> would I have been fully obedient if you told me right. to do that? Would I have even downsized, Father. And I, and I love to say, like, you know, sometimes with, with God and me, it's like radical obedience. But I have to say, sometimes it's just like a force. Like, I'm literally fighting myself to do what God has said to do. And then like, okay, Lord, I trust you Mm, sometimes, or I trust you in this area. And so just to even, you know, to hear that struggle from, you know, within, I'm really curious to know. So when God said to let your husband go, did he mean let him go like, bye-bye, there's no reconciliation or for now, let him go because that was something that was adding to the stress. It was something that Ooh. I just want to say, we might have to do a part two or three because it's that. And then I gonna want to circle back around to yeah. talk about the job piece still. <laughs> okay. So it's funny you should say that because 
in my mind, I had already made up that it was let him go, like, go, go, goodbye, gone, we finished, then we done, sort of deal. But God said, let him go for now. I was so angry, though. I was angry, resentful, frustrated, because I had been carrying the burden and managing everything, managing our family, making excuses for him, putting myself and our children essentially on the back burner. So God had to deal with me even when we were separated because I didn't want to be back with him whatsoever. I'm like, I don't want to trust him. I don't want to deal with him. I don't want to put my children back in that sort of situation. I don't want to get hurt again, God. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. I know that we said till death was part, but I'm over this. Like you, you help me get through this, leave him where he's at. Cause Mm -hmm. I don't want no parts of that. (laughs) And so it took for a couple of other things to happen. God humbled me really quick and showed me as much as I wanted to, I thought I wanted to be like not free and single, but not deal with him and what was going on with him. He was already working in him and changing him. Mm-hmm. I needed him to be whole so that I could fall apart. Mm-hmm. And him being whole allowed me to do just that at the beginning of this year, which is where I have been able to step away from work, right? To focus and to really put all of my everything into what God is calling me to do. But yes, I struggled with that. I was like, I'm finished and I'm done. But God said, hold on. And begrudgingly, again, I was like, all right, Jesus, I guess I'm going to trust you. <laughs> That's if, what you say like you conversations with God, sometimes I'm like, ooh, you know, I don't want to do it. I mean, I just remember when the Lord told me to go pray for somebody and I was like, Father, I can't stand her. Um, I was just like, her, and I walked over to this woman's office. You're talking about begrudgingly. I mean, I felt like, you know, in some ways I was been dragged over there Um, and I was angry that God would even ask me to do that because of how she had treated me before and how I saw her treat other people. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember when I told the Lord out of obedience, I'll do it. And then here's what it looks like, how raggedy of me to even say that. I told this woman, I said, you know, the Lord sent me over here to pray for you. And I said, and I didn't want to come. <laughs> I, mean, her, I, said it. I feel bad. I told my husband that. Like, God <laughs> told me to take you back. And I said, no, I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I mean, just the, just the honesty of it all. I think kind of we over-spiritualize um, and we over-complicate uh, this idea of our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And a relationship with God is very similar to a relationship that you have w- here on this earth, which is there's anger involved, there's love, there's a lot of pushback, talk back, clap back, not out there, fear, all of that. I, I've had my experience with, you know, the, I call it the modern day clap back that I got from Jesus. But, <laughs> <laughs> not the modern day clap back. It's the modern day clap back with Jesus. <laughs> And so like, you know, just to kind of like hear those things, to hear your struggles and your challenges in the area of obedience, how has that helped you as a capacity coach? Oh my gosh. It has absolutely allowed me to walk fully in my purpose and it's developed my trust factor with God, right? And it's cleared capacity for me to be able to operate how he's aligned and designed me to do. So specifically with being able to trust God, I don't have the same amount of worry that I would if I didn't believe that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. So let's take this job, for instance. 
I literally just received my very last paycheck about a week ago. And I think I may have mentioned to you maybe about a week or so ago when this was going on, like, girl, I'm trying to think, did I do the wrong thing? Should I go back and just take this job back? And there was some fear and doubt that creeped in. But as I prayed, I remembered why God called me to do this. When I tell you the very next day, I got an email from someone that I had actually worked with as my brand strategist who asked me to consult for her from an HR standpoint and wants to bring me on as a capacity coach for her staff. Like, Jesus, look at Jesus. You can't. So it's literally helped me to, number one, understand that when you walk in obedience, yes, there's going to be some level of fear. But the payout on the other side is so much bigger, so much bigger. I completely agree. I think, you know, I think sometimes we forget about the enormity of God. And I always say that. I think we kind of compartmentalize our relationship and who God is. And then we don't take the limits off of God. We try to put limits on him, but he can only do like, this is my only source of income. This is the only thing that I know how to do that I can do. And God is like, if you just let it go, Mm. just bury it. If you let me in, I will show you greater that I have for you. Because the Bible talks about, you know, greater. Like we're going to do greater in this earth Mm -hmm. than we just did, right? Yep. And it's hard to kind of like imagine. It's hard to really think about that. But but we don't want to let stuff go. In fact, what we do is we bury it and then we try to resurrect it. We pull it back (laughs) up the grave. (laughs) I'm not ready to let it go. And then God says, let it go. We put it back in the grave and then we go dig back the dirt back up and then we pull it back out. And, you know, yes. and God really wants us to let go and to move forward. So I just love that you said that. And I know we're, you know, you're pressed for time today. And as we begin to kind of wrap up, I just want to ask a couple of things kind of like from your story, what life sure. lessons have you learned about your purpose? I have learned that my purpose is to really help other women overcome the struggles that I've overcome. That everything that has happened to me is not to me, it's for me. Okay. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> that is, that's definitely a key takeaway. So what advice would you offer listeners on this idea of awakening to their purpose? I would absolutely say trust your gut because that's God, right? When you feel it in your spirit, even when it doesn't make sense, even if it looks crazy to you and everybody else, trust it. Get still, get quiet and know that God is not going to put something inside of you that he's not going to bless you through. So trust yourself. Amen. I don't trust myself. (laughs) I'll tell you right now, I do trust God. (laughs) When you said trust your gut, I was thinking, okay, she means the spiritual gut? Yes, exactly. Sometimes my gut will be like, don't do it. And my stomach is hurting too bad. And so I have to know who God is. I have to know what his voice sounds like. I have to have, and I've asked God to give me what I call a knowing, so that I know the difference between him and when it's not him. And so I love that. I feel everything that you're saying. So, you know, I kind of ask everybody this question as well. It's like, what does it mean to be God's best version of you? Oh, God's best version of me, to me, that means showing up in excellence because God put us here to show up in excellence, right? Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to have the capacity to do so. 
And so it really means thinking about all the different ways that you're being pulled and stretched and knowing that, yes, God would never give you more that you can handle, but also be realistic and make some time to understand what's on your plate. Okay. So (laughs) I love absolutely everything that you're sharing. And I think finally, what do you know about God that you wish the world knew? Ooh, I know about God. What I know about God that I wish the world knew is that he really never leaves you and never forsakes you. And I say that because, you know, the story that I mentioned is just one of many, you know, that have occurred throughout my lifetime from being in a car accident and every single person in the car being thrown from the car, but myself and surviving from, you know, the incident that I had when I was in the hospital and in ICU, just there are so many different things where God has showed up and showed out when I wasn't expecting him. Mm -hmm. And everybody needs to know he's always there. He doesn't go anywhere. Even when it feels like, God, I'm about to jump. I'm about to jump. He catch you before you do. So you have to really just know that God is real. He's never going to leave you. And he's always going to order your steps. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing um, your thoughts and your perspective. I really appreciate your time today being on the podcast. And I'm just going to, you know, kind of close this up and wrap it up by saying, um, remember that every season in your life, including the heartache, the pain, the betrayal, and the rejection serves a greater purpose that God will use to help you awaken to your purpose. Thank you so much, Nicole, for coming today. And it's been such an honor and such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. So Nicole, where can people find you if they want to do some coaching with you, they want to get a free consultation, where can they find you? Absolutely. So the best place to go is going to be my website, which is NicoleRone.com. And there you can book your discovery call. You can take a look at the different coaching options that I have. And I also urge you to take the free capacity calculator that really helps you figure out what is on your plate. And so it'll grade you based on, you know, you being honest and answering what's going on in your life. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Nicole Rohn, as well as my podcast. So make sure that you too check out the Flow and Flourish podcast and let me know how you like it. I love it. I love it. And for those of you who are tuning in and you may not know how to spell Nicole's name is N-I-C-O. Thank you, girl. Rohn is spelled R-H-O-N-E. So com. So thank you so much. You guys, please follow her on her social media. Take a look at her website. She's done an amazing job and she has some really great options and opportunities for you in the area of coaching. So thank you so much. Thank you. Beyond my book, if you're interested in learning more about how to become God's best version of yourself by awakening to your purpose, consider enrolling in my online course, which you'll find on my website again, which is www.drvernell.com because God's love for you and the reason why he created you is greater than you will ever know. And guess what? He wants you to succeed in carrying out your purpose.